Thanks for listening to a YPC podcast. We believe God wants to do so much for you and through you, and we'd love to hear about it. Take a second to send your story to office at ypcprior.com and enjoy the message today. I know there's several of you in the room that are, that are mourning today. You're mourning the loss of, uh, of your favorite football team against number one ranked Alabama last night. Yeah, quite, quite frankly, I'm, I'm surprised this many of you came to church today. So I'm just... I'm just, I'm just being honest. You know, I think we would have to agree that leadership, discipline, and training probably won that game. Uh, Saban is like 106 and one. I mean, the guy is, is, it's unstoppable. But leadership is what makes the team, but it's also what makes the life. And so we are going to help you lead your life. So you heard the fellas talk about 21 days of fasting and prayer next week. I know several of you have been with us for a few years now, and you may or may not have enjoyed that journey with us. Um, every single person, let me, let me just be honest, every single person who has taken that challenge and dedicated 21 days at the beginning of your year to the Lord, every single person has had something significant happen to them. And I don't know about you, but there's an urgency in my heart about 2019. And now people are like, well, you say that every year, Pastor. You say that every year. There, there was an urgency about 2018. Well, I don't know about you, but 2018 for us was a really, really good year. And tw- it was a way better than 2017 for us and our family. And so, yes, I do have an urgency. And yes, I do say that every year because I believe if we don't, if we don't enter the year with a sense of expectation, then it's just going to be business as usual. And so what we're encouraging you to do is just take some time. The first weekend, so we start, so my family, we start when the sun goes down on Saturday night. And then 21 days later, so it'll be Saturday night when the sun goes down, we break fast, if you will. And so it actually officially, we're saying January 6th, but, um, but you can start when you want. That's, this is when we as a church are doing that. And then like the, the, the fellas told you, we're adding some pieces to it this year. We're, we're holding the, the auditorium open from 6 to 1 every day. I, I don't know what they said, but I think it was Monday through Thursday is what it was, because Friday we give everybody the day off around here. Uh, we believe in spending time with your family. And so you can still pray at home. But uh, six to one, and then on the Saturday, the, the, the three Saturdays of the fast, we're adding a little bit more of an element. It's a corporate moment that we're going to spend time together, nine to ten on those three Saturdays. It's not, a, it's not every Saturday. It's, it's those three Saturdays. And quite honestly, some of our friends uh, in the ark do this every Saturday. And it is, the, it is the reason that their churches are as successful as they are because prayer is the answer. Can I have an amen? So we're excited about that. Uh, start your 2019 right. Come, come and be a part of this. Spend some time in prayer. I'll talk a little bit more about that next week. Uh, we are, we've been in our Merry and Bright series. Taylor started the series off. I spoke week two about the virgin birth and told you the significance of that. It was about the spotless blood of Jesus. Week three, we had our one big give weekend. And uh, everybody's like, hey, well, how much, how much, 
How much did we give away? I don't have those total numbers for you yet. I know, I know where we kind of came in, but then I said I was going to include all of the online giving that next week, and we closed the offices for Christmas, and so I actually haven't got the total number yet. So I will tell you that story next week about what we were able to give away and how much came in, as well as, as I will give you kind of an, a building update starting next week, and I know people have questions as far as that goes. Uh, week, three, or week four was our, candle, our, our candlelight Christmas Eve Eve service, which you guys had a great experience. Second service had a blackout. <laughs> so like, like we, we got here, and I was outside greeting people, and, and I saw the exit sign lights come on over the door. Now, there was plenty of light coming in the foyer, so I didn't think anything about it. I know that when those lights come on, it's because the, the building has lost power. Man, it wasn't 30, 45 seconds later, and I had production guys running around. I had our facilities guys running around, and we thought we just blew a breaker or something, but we were, we were switching breakers and ended up this entire block was out of power during our Christmas Eve Eve service. So you guys were able to have an incredible service. Second service, we had to just kind of figure it out, right? And so uh, a couple of our worship team, Sydney came up and Sam came up. They just, uh, just right there, just kind of impromptu, led us in a couple of worship songs. Rachel was still able to come out and do her, her part. Sam played behind her. And you know what? It was actually a really, really, really cool moment for, for second service people. And right, right as we were about to light our candles for that candlelight service, the power kicked back on. And it was just, it was, everybody had goosebumps. It was crazy. And then, of course, third service was as usual. Today, I want to look a few days past the birth of Jesus. Okay, so... Luke chapter 2, verse 21, on the eighth day, all right, so we're eight days past the birth of Jesus. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. Verse 22 says, when the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, the scripture says. Verse 24 says, and to offer a sacrifice in keeping in what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves and two young pigeons. This is a child dedication right here. And this is child dedication weekend for us. I know several of you ha have plans to dedicate your children today, which we're super excited about that. I hope you brought your pigeons and doves because that's what, that's what I'm kidding. Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice for us, which is why we worship him. But Mary and Joseph are bringing Jesus and presenting him to the Lord. Verse 25 says, now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon. He was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. Verse 26 says, it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God. So you can imagine. Here's, G okay, first child. So some of you, you know, hovering parents, right? First child, not only a child, the Savior of the world. They walk into the temple. Here comes this random guy, takes the child, right? You can imagine probably the scene as it went down. Saying, verse 29, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, 
you may now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Man, you, you got, I couldn't imagine the responsibility that Mary and Joseph had to feel about raising not only a child, but the Savior of the world. This was a big, big moment for them. And then they saw the angel, but they didn't know who else knew. They didn't know what was going on. And all of a sudden, this random guy comes up and confirms what was going on, what confirms that he was the Savior of the world. And I just want to tell you, parents, today, you have just as big of a moment today. You have just as big of a commitment. You may not be raising the Savior of the world, but you are raising the ones that he will use to reach this world. Can I have an amen? You guys, we have a responsibility. You're raising the people that Jesus Christ paid the price for. So many times we think it's just ourselves, but really, we're raising up little ones, and Jesus paid for their life just like he paid for our lives. Amen. Verse 34, Simon, uh, Simeon blessed him and said to Mary, his mother, uh, this child is destined to cause the falling and the rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. Wow, okay. <laughs> Verse 36, there was also a prophet Anna, the prophet of Penuel, uh, of the tribe of Asher. She was very old, the Bible says. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was widowed until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshiped night and day, fasting and praying. We're asking you guys to do 21 days, all right? 21 days of fasting and prayer. She had spent 84 years fasting and praying. Verse 38 says, coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of, of Jerusalem. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. Verse 40, and the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom and the grace of God was on him which is the prayer that we have for all of our children. Those of us who are parents, this is our prayer for all of our children. But I want you to know that for those of you who are dedicating children today, this responsibility is more on us as parents than it is on the child. Again, you're familiar with the scripture that says train up or raise up a child in the way that they should go, and when they're old, they'll not depart from it. So we're super excited to do this today. We're actually going to do it at the end of service. And so if you came prepared to dedicate your children today, um, kind of towards the end of service, I'm actually going to dismiss you. We have our, our, our limo cart is going to be out front and our church van is going to be out there. Uh, it's a little bit of a challenge this year simply because we used to have kids ministry right here and you could just walk over and get them. Now it's in the back of the building, but the kids teams are ready they know that you're coming, and so the minute that someone gives them the cue, they're going to have the kids who are signed up ready to go, 
and then uh, you can go out. We can't, we can't just bring them because our rule is if the parents check them in, the parents check them out. So you'll actually have to go get your little ones here in a little bit, but it'll be okay. The worship team's gonna come up. We're gonna sing a song. But I wanna spend a few minutes before that today, and I wanna look into the scripture. Let's pray. Father, we thank you right now for your word. And Lord, we just, we pause today. And we look into scripture, and Father, we believe that you have something to say. Father, as we, as we bring 2018 to a close and look with hopeful anticipation onto 2019, Father God, what would you have for us? What, what do you want to say to us today? Because Father, we want to lean into your Holy Spirit, and we trust you for leading us and guiding us today in Jesus' name, amen. So up to this point in our series, we've We've talked about how the angel spoke to both Mary and Joseph about the boy that would be born to him. We've seen the birth of Jesus, and we've heard about the wise man. Now we've seen him be dedicated in the temple. I want to fast forward to the first few days after Jesus steps into his calling. So he's 30 years old here, John chapter 1, verse 43. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth, Nathanael asked, can anything good come from there? (laughs) Come and see, said Philip. You know, as I read that story, there's a couple of things that I see in the story. Number one, I realized this a few years ago, but Jesus just found one person, maybe two people, right? The rest of them, the rest of the disciples are the ones who found the other people. And it it kind of put a sense of urgency in my heart when I saw this for the very first time. And it helped me to realize that it wasn't the, the, the pastor or even the church staff's responsibility to go out and reach all of these people. It was actually those who have been reached responsibility to go and to reach people. Again, Jesus found Philip. He said, follow me. Philip found Nathaniel and told him, we found the one. And I know for all of us in the room, you know, sharing our story or or inviting people to church or, or even discipling someone can seem like a daunting task if you've never done it. And what we like to always encourage people to do is just simply tell your story. Man, we're surrounded by people in our county who have no idea who the real Jesus is. And they, they want to see life change. Well, your lives have been changed. And so the easiest way to communicate the goodness of Jesus to people is just to tell your story. How did you find Jesus? What did he save you from? I know for some of us, it's real easy to forget what we've been saved from. We we get on in our life with Jesus, and, and sometimes it actually does us good to stop, to pause, to turn around, and to look and remember what Jesus brought us through. And to realize that if he did it for you, he can do it for anyone. Amen, everyone? And so that's one way. Another way is is simply to be involved in life groups. I know you heard the fellas talk about this, but next week is the cutoff for our life groups. We believe that life change happens in the context of relationships. If you follow the model here, 
Jesus found Philip. Philip found Nathaniel. Nathaniel, they, they all started having life groups. Life groups or, or small, small groups was the way of the New Testament church. They all gathered in houses and they all talked about the goodness of God. And it was really about community and it was about Jesus. And so much life changed happened in those moments. Uh, our life group's training is January 13th and the rendezvous is the 20th. We want to see so many people in life groups this season. And I know if you're, if you're kind of on the fence or you think, man, I don't have time, that's the point of the board. Find a life group that works for you. During the rendezvous, you're going to be able to walk around and we'll have tables set up everywhere and you'll be able to ask questions to the life group leaders and you'll be able to find out more details. Here's my point, though. Life group leaders... Like, if you've ever been on the fence about whether or not you should lead a life group, this is your season. I think we had over 300 people involved in life groups this last, this last year. And that's a big deal when you consider our church is between four and 500. That's a lot of people in life groups. And the reason why it's so successful is because life groups ministry works. It works. But by far, the most successful life groups that we've had is when the life group leaders themselves take interest in inviting people. They're the ones that went after them. It's the story of Philip and Nathaniel. They didn't wait for Jesus to recruit people to their life groups. They went out and found people and brought them in. And that is the story of the early church. Amen, everyone. So, so let's, let's make this the best life group season we've ever had. The second thing I see is right here in verse 46. Nazareth... Can anything good come from there, Nathaniel asked? Come and see, said Philip. You know, what kind of a question is that? Can anything good come from Nazareth? I mean, what was wrong with Nazareth that he would be like, like, who would come from Nazareth? Like, obviously, this was a, a maybe a smaller community. In fact, most theologians will tell you that it was kind of nestled off the beaten path in between a lot of more prominent cities and would be kind of like traveling maybe from Tulsa to Joplin. And then as you're on the road off of I-44, if you take a 15-minute drive this way, there's Adair and Shoto and Pryor, right? There's, there's these counties. And people know about Mays County, but, but some people, you know some people in Tulsa are like, Mays County? Can anything good come from Mays County, right? Well, I'll have you to know that Johnny Cornelius Ray came from Mays County. Former second baseman and outfielder of Major League Baseball, 10-year career, lives in Shoto to this day. Mickey Mantle, right, came from Spavanaugh, Oklahoma. Robert Lee Johnson, nicknamed Indian Bob, was an American left fielder in the Major League Baseball who played three American League teams from 1933 to 1945. His brother, Roy, also played Major League Baseball. So there. Mays County. Can we produce other things than baseball? <laughs> yeah. You, you. Jeremiah 29, 11 said, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. 
Can anything good come from Mays County? Absolutely. It's filled with good people. Believe it or not, but God has a plan for this community. And some people say, you know what, man, I can't wait till I get out of this town. I can't tell you how many young people tell me that. Man, I can't wait till we, man, first thing I do when I graduate, I'm, I'm getting out of this town. And that, it actually, it grieves me just a little bit because I know what God wants to do in this town, in this community. Psalm 37, 23, this is the Amplified. It says, the steps of a good and righteous man are directed and established by the Lord. In other words, it's not an accident that you're here. It's not an accident that you were raised or are here, at least for a season, in Mays County. And I'm challenging all of our services today to stop and ask yourself the question, does God want me here? Does he want me to be a part of this? Am I supposed to? leave. And it's possible that you were only here for a season. Maybe a job brought you here and you found your place church and consequently you found Jesus, which is a great thing. But the reason why you found him is you were right where you needed to be. But it's also possible that God brought you here for such a time as this. Friends, your place church is getting ready to be the center of attention to the kingdom of heaven. And we're going to talk more about this in 2019. But what's, what is getting ready to happen here as we, as we start this renovation and then complete it within a few short months, this is getting ready to be the hub of activity in our county. And you're here before it all happens. And I don't believe it was by accident. I believe just like God tapped on Tyre and I's shoulder 10 years ago, he's been tapping on your shoulder, and God is going to do something significant through you this year. We're believing for the biggest launch group launch, our life group launch that we've ever had. We believe that God has brought us here for such a time as this. And so kind of transitioning into our child dedication portion of the service. In fact, if you are a, a parent and you're gonna dedicate your child, the vans are ready for you. If you wanna go ahead and, and, and be excused, uh, you could go get your little ones. So go ahead and head out that direction and bring those kids in. Uh, they're, they're waiting for you, so go ahead and grab them. Here's, here is a statement that changed my life for the better, all right? Here's a statement that, cha that changed everything for me. And it's simply this, it is not up to us to decide what we will do in life. It's up to us to discover God's plan for us. Now that, that comes kind of contrary to how some of us were raised. Some of us, it was like, you can be whatever you wanna be. You can do whatever you wanna do. And that is a true statement. But what we have found to be even more true is when we find out what our life's calling is. When we find out how God wired us. And when we can discover God's plan for our life, friends, there is no better fulfillment than that. Being right 
smack dab in the middle of God's will for your life. And I know there are people in the room, and this is a pretty risky question to ask. When you consider, what is God's plan for me? Some people, you don't know if, you, if you're hearing God's voice. You're like, well, I think this is it. I don't know if this is me or if this is God, and we struggle with that. Other people, if we're going to be honest, we don't ask that question because we're afraid of what God's going to say to us. When in reality, if we could see what God sees, we would pick the very same thing that he picks for our life. And so it's nothing to be afraid of, but it is something to ask. On such an important day like child dedication, we as parents need to also recognize that God has a plan for our children. And when, as parents, we want him to have a plan for our children. But we also want our children to be successful. So we, we steer them in directions that we think that they should go. But at the end of the day, as much as they are a precious little gift to all of us, it's not up to us. Are you, are you hearing me? It's up to us to show them and teach them how to hear the voice of God for themselves. We didn't, we didn't wish ministry on any of our children. In fact, we did everything we, can, we could to prepare them for a career in the marketplace. We made sure they made good grades in school. Tyra went with them to college dates. Like, we took advantage of every opportunity that they had to, to go to school, to make a career. But all three of our kids had that Samuel-Eli moment where Samuel heard the voice of God, they all three heard the voice of God on their own. And so we kind of feel like we won because they know the voice of God. Train up a child. We could say to know the voice of God, Scripture says, in the way they should go. And when they're old, they'll not depart from it. And all three of them came to us and said, we feel like ministry is in our future, and we feel like that we're supposed to at least spend this season of our life here in Mays County. Now, that's not the story for everyone. That was just the story for our kids. We just wanted to make sure they knew the voice of God, which is why 21 days of fasting and prayer is so critical for you. I guarantee you that if you will press pause before you go into 2019, before you get settled into your routine, before you start that business adventure, before you decide to change directions, before you make any life-altering decisions, if you can just press pause for a few days at the beginning of this year and actually tune your ear, tune your heart, tune your spirit into the voice of God, I guarantee you he will speak to you in a way that you know it's him. Are you with me, friends? So be a part of this. Be a part of, of, of spending some consecrated time with the presence of God. Be a part of hearing his voice. Be a part of this fast. In this series that we're doing in January, simply called Press Pause. 
It's not up to us to decide what we want to do in life. It's all up to us to discover what God's plan is. Can anything good come from Mays County, Oklahoma? We'll see. But I believe the answer is yes. Amen. We're just going to worship. Will you stand with us? We're going to worship as we uh, bring in some of the parents, and then uh, we're going to dedicate some children today. You have been listening to a YPC podcast. Visit our website at ypcprior.com to hear more.